Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. We have arrived at the summer of direction. We've made it. Here we are. It is the summer officially. It's July. And um, the summer of direction, the logo is actually a compass. And a map signifies, signifies a set route, a specific destination. But a compass signifies a direction that points to an adventure. The unknown of setting your compass to Jesus and walking that way and seeing what comes. And that's what we're doing as a church. And we're on this adventure together. And we're so glad that you're with us. So throughout this series, we're going to be looking at the last book in the Bible, Revelation. So has anyone got their Bibles with them this morning? Yes. Okay. Wave me a Bible. Or you can turn your Bible on. Yeah. Most people have got uh, iPhones and that kind of thing. So we're going to get into the word. And um, I want you to be really expectant that God is going to speak to you this morning. So over the summer, we're going to be looking at the seven letters. And we're calling them the seven postcards from Patmos. Um, And these are the things that John has written uh, to the churches in Revelation. And it's directly what Jesus has told them. So, the seven churches in Revelation that Jesus talks about to John, and those were real churches. They actually existed. They were with real people, but they didn't all get the same message from Jesus. Okay, so let's have a look at the names of them. Here we are. Now, I want a big whoop after I've read them correctly with the right um, pronunciation. So, we've got Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Okay, let's get those in our brains as we go through this summer. Okay, and John makes it very clear that if we read this book and take it to heart, something happens to us. Check out verse 3. What happens to us? Can someone shout it out? What happens to us? Verse 3. If we read the book and take it to heart, we are blessed. Okay, that's good news, isn't it? As we go through the summer, as we look at this stuff, actually, there's a blessing for us. It says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written. So God promises a special blessing to each one of us. Some of the postcards written to the church might sound a little bit harsh, um, but we've got to remember that God is a good God. And he does want the best for his people. And that's why he's specific about some of their behavior, to lead them into greater freedom and relationship with him. You know, we've got two kids. Um, I am married to Andy, who's the guy with the guitar. We've got two girls. And the reason we discipline them is because we want to help them navigate their freedom well. And that's what God does with us. We could do anything whenever we want. But actually, God loves us so much that he wants to help us navigate that freedom well. So this morning, um, we're just going to look at two points. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves the church. Okay, so there's our little postcard to Ivy Sharson this morning. Okay, John was one of Jesus' closest disciples, uh, and he'd been sent to a remote island because he'd been proclaiming the good news about Jesus. 
And John, at this time in Revelation, is an old man and he has suffered so much. I mean, he's been beaten, he's been whipped. They even tried to boil him alive in oil. I mean, that is a bad day, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah? So he's gone through a lot of stuff and he's imprisoned here. And what we find in, that, in this book right at the beginning is that it says that it starts on the Lord's Day. Now, the Lord's Day is like Sunday, and after resurrection, that's what the Sunday became known as, as the Lord's Day. And so John, we see him here praying for his churches. It's quite an interesting point, right? John is overseeing multiple site churches, seven churches meeting in and around Ephesus in the, like our modern-day Turkey. And they're spread about 30 to 40 miles apart, one church meeting in multiple locations under one leader. Does that sound like anything we know? Yeah? Okay, so this is really relevant to us, okay? So let's have a little read at the text. If you want to follow me, Revelation 1, verses 10 to 17. Okay. On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a voice, like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Amongst the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was wool, white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like burning fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him... I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and Hades. Boom! That's pretty incredible, isn't it? It's not like my normal prayer time. I'm sitting there uh, just, you know, looking at YouTube, watching a clip or something. It's this incredible encounter. Jesus is, um, John is in the Spirit and he's praying, praying and Jesus shows up as a physical manifestation right there. Fully visible, fully scary. I don't know about you, but um, I love it when they talk about, in the Bible, whenever an angel or Jesus turns up, what do they say first thing? Don't be afraid. Yeah, because it's pretty scary. In fact, it talks in the Bible about don't be afraid 366 times. So that's one for every day and if it's a leap year. Okay, so, so the message is don't be afraid, even though this is the risen Jesus. But I love what's happening here. John is in the worst place possible. And he has the greatest encounter of his life. John, the disciple that was really close to Jesus, put his head on his chest, chatted, shared life with him, has this encounter of the risen Jesus, how he fully is. And it was this amazing moment. And I want to encourage us, for us, in our worst moments, we can expect Jesus to turn up in the greatest way. Patmos, the worst place, but it was the greatest encounter of his life. 
I just really want to tell you a quick story about something that happened for me. Um, <clears throat> I had been really wanting to see um, God give me dreams and speak to me in my dreams. And I'd had lots of prophecies and words about it. And people had said, oh, yeah, you're going to see Jesus in your dreams and all this. And um, it had been years and I hadn't seen anything. And I was getting a bit annoyed. And um, there was somebody at a conference and she stood up and she said, um, I just hear Jesus all the time in my dreams and he speaks to me all the time and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I want that. So I went to her and I said, please, can you pray for me? And there's this thing, isn't there, that you can be, actually have something imparted. If somebody's carrying something, you can receive something from them. So they prayed for me. I went to bed. I was really expectant. That night, come on, Jesus, woke up at 12 o'clock. Guess what? Nothing. <laughs> no dream, nothing. Um, so I went to the toilet and I was walking back and I remember doing this little deal with Jesus like, okay, so it's Sunday tomorrow, I could literally stay in bed all day and I'm not going to move until you speak to me, Jesus, in my dream. So I was going to have a great day in bed or <laughs> Jesus is going to speak. So as I fell back to sleep, I had this incredible moment with Jesus. In the dream, I was lying in bed, Jesus came to the side of my bed and he said, get up. And he gave me four gemstones white, green, blue, and red. And he said, put those in your pocket. I was thinking, I don't have a pocket. I looked down, conveniently, there was a pocket. I was like, okay, put them in. And then he said, follow me. And we walked to the side of the bedroom, and in the corner of my bedroom, there was, um, the floor opened up, and there was this spiral staircase. And it went all the way down. I just felt like I was following Jesus for ages on the staircase, got to the bottom. And they opened up into this incredible banqueting hall. It was really noisy and loud. And it was like a medieval banquet kind of thing. And Jesus just walked me down the side of these really long tables, this massive feast going on. And he stopped at one table, walked through, and there was a spare seat. And he said, take a seat. So I sat down at the table. The food looked amazing. And I started to eat. And I was thinking, this is so nice. I feel so great. And then I looked at the other people on, my, on the table. And they were savages. They were like demonic things that were just really nasty to look at. And I was thinking, why am I so peaceful when there's that going on? And I turned around and I saw behind me a massive angel and it shocked me so much. I woke up out of the dream and the phrase that was going around my head was, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies, which is directly out of Psalm 23. And that was an incredible moment that started. It was a catalyst. And what happens when we see Jesus, is, and we have moments like that, it's actually a strategy moment that he's telling us something. You know, John had this incredible encounter with Jesus, and Jesus gave strategy for the church for where he was at right now. And for me, that dream was very specific, because I wasn't even doing the job that I ended up doing a job um, running an Eden team on a project and um, we did a lot of actual warfare against kind of some of the demonic stuff and God really gave us permission to go into lots of different places and, and see a load of breakthrough happen but it was because of that dream that I had permission and so I really want us to be encouraged that when we're asking for Jesus to turn up it's not just so we can have a nice experience although it is nice it's because we are going to get strategy and divine wisdom for the next leg, for whatever he's calling us into. So would you like that? Why don't we stand up? I'm just going to pray for you. And then we're just going to do the last bit of the talk. But let's just take a moment. You know, the Bible says that um, Jesus is like the good shepherd and we're the sheep and we get to hear his voice. And so I want to speak to you clearly this morning and say that you do hear him. And if you are in a relationship with him, you get full access of heaven. 
So why don't you hold just your hands out if you're willing, just like just so that we're ready to receive. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you choose to turn up and invade our world and to um, allow heaven to connect to earth so that we can just do your will here on earth and that your kingdom can come. And so I just pray for all of us this morning that we would see you turn up in our lives in greater ways. I pray that you would release the dream life over this house. Now, God, that anybody here who wants dreams for heaven, anybody who is watching on live, God, you would release that now in the name of Jesus. You would open it up, God, that they would hear strategy from heaven, that they would know that they are loved. They would find you in the night watches speaking clearly to their heart. I pray for strategy and divine wisdom to come down from heaven for the seasons that we find ourselves in. I thank you that you are more than enough and you have more than enough for us. And so we just offer ourselves again this morning, say, come have your way with us. We love you, Jesus. Just have a moment and tell him what you think of him. And we pray for a specific testimony from this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. You want to take a seat? And just the last point we're going to look at is Jesus loves the church. Can you turn to someone and say, Jesus loves the church? Don't be shocked. Show my picture. Jesus loves the church. Why? Okay, so Jesus turns up to John. What's he talking to John about? The church. Yeah. He's talking to the church. Why? Because he loves the church. We are his plan for the earth. There is no plan B, unfortunately. It's you and me. Look at someone and say, it's you and me. (laughs) Jesus is focused on the state of the church, on its health, on its multiplication, on the provision. He is focused on the church. Now, we're a church on the move, aren't we? And we've had some pretty major upheaval recently. And there are some of us that love a good bit of change. We're like, yeah, let's follow Jesus, come on. And there's other of us that are like, why can't we just be in a normal church where there's a normal building, everyone stays the same. And so I want to encourage you that we are in this together and God loves us. And this journey, if we allow it to shape us, it will change us for good. I remember when I started getting pregnant with our first child, and um, I was like freaking out about stretch marks and all this kind of stuff. I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, if you let this child change you physically, I will let it change you spiritually. And it's the same for us. If we allow him in the situation of change, he will change us on the inside for his glory and for his good. So here we look, we see that Jesus is talking about the church. And in Revelation, the church is kind of called the bride in Mark 2 and Jesus himself calls himself the bridegroom and it's this incredible thing isn't it where the church is dressed and clothed in the righteous acts of the saints so actually the good stuff that you do for God clothes us in beauty it's not just a nice thing that we're doing for Jesus it's actually this eternal act that's going to be seen for all time that's crazy I like it anyone else Good. So we're going to watch a quick clip now. And this clip is just going to explain a little bit more about what Jesus has done for the church and what we're called to. If that's okay, just turn your eyes to the screen. Boom. (laughs) Why don't you stand with me? 
Because that is an amazing thing, isn't it? It's that truth. I love what they said there. Fight boldly for the body, love deeply the bride, for we are what Christ has died. We are where heaven inhabits. We are the heritage of the Lord. We are chosen people. We are the holy nation. Now, the thing with the church is it's like a family. And sometimes it's great. And we love everyone in our family. And sometimes it's difficult. And actually, we are allowed to take those hurts and pains to Jesus. And we're allowed for him to speak to us clearly and to deal with those and to enable us to come back into the body well. And so I want to encourage us now. We're just going to spend some time um, just worshipping as we finish. And um, I just want us to do two things. It says this, we'll lay everything down for our everlasting tribe. We are the church. We are the people of Christ. And so as the people of Christ, I want us to encourage one another this morning and pray for each other. So what I'd like us to do is turn around into twos or threes or people you came with or somebody maybe you just want to get to know. And I want you to just ask God for a word of encouragement for that person. So all it is is you just need to say, okay, Jesus, what do you want to say to this person? And just listen. It might be a verse that comes to you. It might just be a word of encouragement. But what we're going to do in this time is we're going to build each other up as the church of Christ. And we're going to encourage each other. We've also got um, some um, cards here as well. Um, and what I'd love you to do as well is if you feel that God is speaking to you specifically about our church at this season of transition please come and write it down if you've got an encouraging word for us come and pop this on here and we'll just take it to the staff team on Tuesday as well just to encourage the body so shall we do that are you okay to do that before we get the kids yeah so uh, why don't we just find some people introduce yourself say hello I'm going to pray for you you can pray for me And then why don't you just have a moment of silence just to ask Jesus, okay, God, what are you saying? God is here. He loves to talk to us. He's always talking to us. So don't be afraid. Whatever comes into your mind, just say that. As long as it's loving and encouraging, go with it. Don't think too much. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, guys. Let's encourage one another and love each other well. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.